0: Hello and welcome to the AVSJ podcast, I'm back with my buddy Aaron, how you doing today Aaron?
1: Hello, I'm good, um, yeah I'm very good thank you, we've just had an interview with new artist Pixie Cola, mm-hmm. no Joe anymore, so yeah. forget about Joe, He's old <laughs> you might never see him again.
0: Yeah, you know what though, we're probably, I said this on the last pod, everyone's probably going to message us like, bring back Joe, bring back Joe! <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, especially for that last episode like it really highlighted how much we were hiding him behind the scenes <laughs> when we bring him to the forefront he performs
0: yeah to be fair to be fair um but yeah we had an interview with pixie Coda. she is releasing her new ep you're living in pixie world volume one um mm-hmm. and yeah we got a sneak peek of it we got to listen to it early chatted about all the songs on it
1: yeah um, you'll also get a sneak peek of it if you listen to it on the first day it comes out in two days mm-hmm. if you're keen enough to listen to it on the first day <laughs> um, which is the 19th of february and we'll let you have like a little peek into some of the tracks the yeah. tracks even we went through all of them did a breakdown got to know her a bit better um yeah she just gave us a bit of an overview about everything
0: mm. yeah so ep very much about uh contemporary love as she says so lots of themes explored about that and yeah for all the like r&b and neo soul jazz kind of fans that we have i feel like this will be right up your street yeah To um, so enjoy yeah also shout out danny sanchez because she found us through you so coming through for us post interview yeah again <laughs> <laughs>
1: so thank you danny so yeah
0: enjoy the episode and see you later Hello Pixie, welcome to the AVSJ podcast. How are you doing today?
2: I'm good, thanks for having me.
1: Well, we're very glad to have you. Um, where are you coming to us from?
2: Um, I'm currently in Horsham at the moment. I don't know if you know it, but it's between like Brighton and London.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I think I've passed through there on the train to uni quite a lot of times, but I've never actually been. But yeah,
2: everyone passes through it, but no one knows where it is, like in the middle of nowhere, so.
0: <laughs> is that
1: where you grew up?
2: yeah yeah so I've I've lived here all my life um Mm -hmm. but yeah I should be in Leeds right now but obviously because of Covid Mm -hmm. it's not quite happening so yeah
3: Mm
1: -hmm. well we always like to start um with some quick fire questions there's no pressure on these questions okay (laughs) just Uh answer with the first thing that comes to your mind some of them will be obvious to you because they'll be from your life so it'll be helpful um do you want to do the first one
0: yeah okay first question do you play any instruments
2: no (laughs) i only sing i wish i could but i can't
1: (laughs) (laughs) um second question um what artist do you most look up to
2: uh probably erica badu or lauren hill you know like Mm -hmm. the classics
4: (laughs) the queens you
0: great answers Uh, Kanye West or Jay-Z
2: Kanye, I think, just because I no. listen to more of him. Is that mm. bad? I don't no.
0: know. I don't, it's not bad, but I think you might be the first person we've asked really? who said Kanye. That's
2: probably because I'm uncultured, you know? <laughs> 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 it's because I just hear more of his songs. I don't really listen to Jay-Z, to be honest.
3: I
1: unless really it's with Beyonce, out. so, yeah. <laughs> fair we actually saw We went to the On The Run tour with Jay-Z and Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. And no she way. was amazing, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, dream Collaboration.
2: Uh, I actually don't know, I I feel like I'm not even at a point where I'm even thinking about that yet, but mm-hmm. I don't know, I really look up to Georgia Smith, like,
3: mm-hmm. so
2: maybe, but I feel like she definitely outshine me, so
1: <laughs> So I want someone worse <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. No, I don't know, um yeah, I haven't really thought about it. I'd have to, I'd have to think about it a bit more. But yeah.
0: All right. Fair enough. What is the best book that you've ever read?
2: Um, it's it's a really like soppy one. You probably haven't heard of it. But it's called Delirium, and it's like it's like a love story, and it's I read it when I was like. 14 and i read it like three times because i was like wow it's just like so beautiful and it's where love is like a disease so they treat it as a disease and it's really uh-huh. cool um but you probably wouldn't be into it <laughs> to be honest but um yeah i don't really read anymore it just really bad but
1: do, do you want to ask the last one is this your favorite one <laughs> okay uh
0: pizza or pasta
2: i'm gonna say pasta Fair
0: everyone right. says pasta i, don't, I, don't, I,
2: I don't eat pizza that much anymore i used to love p- pizza like, i used to rinse it but now it's now it's just pasta pasta i feel like it's more versatile you know yeah i mean it probably is more
0: you know versatile. what no i kind of thought that and then i was thinking like actually is pizza the most versatile food there is i don't know maybe no but i feel
2: like you could eat you could eat pasta every night for a week but
0: and it would be different. Yeah, each night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You couldn't fair. eat pizza
2: every night because that was
0: just kind of gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, my dad, my dad told me that if we didn't live here, he would eat pizza every night. If he lived here on his own, I was like, "You're actually George, mad. You're actually your dad mad. needs to grow up." <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, speaking of which, my grandma told me that she listened to the last episode and she yep. said that she loved it. So this one's for you. Well, grandma. that's good news. This one's for you, grandma, if you're listening. <laughs> Um all right, those are the end of the questions. Uh I hope they weren't too strenuous. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they weren't too bad.
1: Let's get into a bit of a background on you. Um and kind of your experiences. You said you grew up in Horsham mm-hmm. and then are you now going to uni in Leeds or have you just
2: Yeah, like, I'm in my Leeds? I'm in my third year at uni in Leeds Mm -hmm. and I do psychology so it's pretty different from music but I kind Mm -hmm. of went there because I knew like the the Leeds music scene is is pretty good Mm -hmm. so I went Mm -hmm. there like with the intention of hopefully singing there which is what I did so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I know to be fair I know quite a lot of people who like do music outside of uni and almost none of them actually do music in uni so that's not that surprises me um but yeah like growing up in Horsham, night like, as you said like um were you always kind of into music making there like were your family kind of encouraging you to get into music or like how did you start getting into it
2: so my family are literally like they don't do music at all so it i like they both my parents are tone deaf like they can't sing at all so <laughs> i don't know where it's come from um but when I was younger, I, I like always wanted to sing. Like it's a bit of a cliche, but it's true. <laughs> like, um, and then I like begged my mom to like go to these little like drama groups and stuff like that. And then um, I always did it at school and stuff. I was more of like a performing arts girl. Like I was m- more into musical theatre than songwriting. And then um, I went to. Like a drama school college type thing Um, and I don't know if you've heard of it it's called Hurtwood House Um, nah but it's um, yeah they do a lot of drama there so I went there and still do musical theatre and then it got to like second year of college and they were like everyone was talking about drama school and like um, auditions and stuff like that, and I was like, oh shit! Like I don't think, because I can't dance. I've got two left feet, so um, I was like, yeah, I don't think it's for me. Um, so then, yeah, I just decided to go to uni and like leave like little town of Horsham and like step into the, <laughs> the big world, <laughs> just check the big shit. world
0: of leads. Um, <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, I think it was like definitely a step away from. The musical theatre side of things, yeah. and more more mm-hmm. into like songwriting, and so
0: yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I was gonna ask like, when you were doing it in musical theatre, like, were you kind of learning to sing, like, for the stage, like, for? Yeah. But then when you came to Leeds, then yeah, you kind of started to learn how to do like more like R and B and neo song and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, it was definitely like we were trained to sing musical theatre. Um, and I was also classically trained as well, so, um, it was, like, we probably had training, like, every day, um, Mm -hmm. but on the side, like, I always loved, like, jazz and pop and and Mm -hmm. R&B, um, and then, yeah, I just kind of, I wrote, because there were, were, they did have a music production course, um, like, for A-level at the place, so I knew a couple people who like, of my vocals, um, so that's when I, like, wrote, like, my first song, <laughs> and it was, like, on a trap, on, like, a trap, <laughs> <laughs> and it was literally, like, um, it was called, You're the one that I love. And, like, it was all right, but, like, mm-hmm. the, the chorus was literally like, You're the one that I love, you're the one, like, over and over again. And, like, I listened to it back now. It was on my SoundCloud. I was like, I have to take that down. <laughs> <laughs> the beat was sick, but I just, like, that was, like, my first venture into, like, yeah. mm-hmm. proper songwriting. So
1: Such I th- a dramatic shift from musical theatre to traps, straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I don't think I was ready. I think that's why, um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. It was all right. It, it wasn't terrible, mm-hmm. but, yeah.
1: And before that had you was that the first song you'd ever contributed in terms of writing for?
2: No, um there were, there was uh my friend Phil, he for like he did music production as well. So he like asked me to do write a song for him, but that was like jazz blues type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and I'd always write and like it would come out well, but I never really thought at the time like I don't know. I I I was just like, oh, it's not know it's not amazing like it's not gonna go anywhere Mm. um and then yeah and then I think when I came to Leeds I was like writing a lot more because I feel like when you're by yourself you have a lot more like things to speak about
1: how did you find that of coming from um kind of like a drama background where you're practicing every single day to going to uni where you're not studying music and you're just developing it in your own time did you think that that was something where you were pushing yourself to do it more, or was there a period where you were kind of distanced from it?
2: Obviously, moving to uni, you kind of like in first year, you're kind of just like meeting loads of new people. Um, but on the side, I definitely did try to keep it up. Like any gig I could get, I would always do it. Like, never be like the one I did with um, sitters. It was like. There was literally like seven people there for my set, and it was like, it was like I was first on, and like it was my cousin who is like two years above me, and her some of her friends, and then like some of my mates that I met, yeah. and like and like, it it was good, like it was like a learning curve, you know, because like at that point mm. I didn't really care about how many people came to watch. I just wanted to like mm. sing at any opportunity I could, which I think I did, like, and that like allowed me to meet the people I have
0: now, so, yeah. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I feel like I've seen interviews with, like, um, I don't know, artists and musicians where they say those, like, seven people gigs are the ones that were, like, you've really, really learned stuff from, like, you really learn how to perform, because like when it's just, like, a sea full of people and you can't really, like, gauge what they're thinking, unless obviously they were, like, massively booing you, then you probably know something's going wrong, but... Unless, like, when you're that big of a crowd and you can't really, like, gauge what people are thinking, then it's quite hard to know what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. But When, like, it's literally just, as you said, like, seven people, then you can really, like, learn more about what you're doing. You know yeah. I mean?
2: And at that point, like, I was... I had, like... I think I was singing two of my own original songs and all the other ones I would do, like, covers of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I just had someone, like, playing keyboard for me. And it was, like, actually, like really cool to do such an intimate gig and I feel like if like obviously you've got to start somewhere and like if it was a big crowd I'd probably be like more overwhelmed but yeah it was it was a good experience like I wouldn't change it at all Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm.
0: um and speaking of gigs that you've done recently obviously a few months ago you did a stream for Nando's how did that how did that come about what was going on there
2: Um, I did a gig ages ago in first year for, uh, this guy called Louis who does marketing. So it was for like a clothing brand and I like went and sung in this like rooftop place and there was like clothes there and stuff and it was very like small and and I I don't know how I ended up there, but yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, we stayed in touch since and then, um... He was like looking for artists to come perform for the Nando's live streams. I think they're like marketing for them now. Mm-hmm. Um so he just like dropped me a message like, "Oh, like would you be interested?" And of course, I was like, "Yeah." Um and then just went up to London for the day. Got free Nandos. <laughs> um will pay
1: you in Nandos.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, it was it was actually really nice. Like we went to like nando's yard it's called and it's like a like secret kitchen like secret location and yeah just like had my back and tracks and performed some of my songs so it Mm. was it was really cool it was really fun
0: because in the video like obviously there's temple from the new ep which we'll get onto later but there's also like quite a lot of other things that i hadn't found like on spotify or soundcloud or whatever um yeah so yeah like what where are these
2: songs they are um not out yet (laughs) um i've yeah i did berlin which Mm -hmm. we're hoping to release really soon yeah um as well and then the other two what did did i do I, i did don't start a war and i think she likes me yeah I think she likes me is going to be on the second EP that I'm going to mm-hmm. release. So all these songs are like literally ready, mm-hmm. um, but obviously because of COVID and everything, like it's just mm. taken such a long time to mm-hmm. record and then get things done because we can't like really see each other. Um, so yeah, I've just been sitting on songs <laughs> pages to be honest.
1: Yeah, that was something I was going to ask because in the Nando's performance, you say that the EP will hopefully be out by Christmas. <laughs> Um, It will be out on the 18th or 19th? 19th. 19th, so two days after this comes out. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, Were you severely pushed back by COVID? Was it a personal choice to push things back?
2: I think it was a bit of both. Like um, Everything got pushed back. I wanted it to be released by the end of last year. Um, And then obviously there was Christmas and stuff. And then we were going to release it in December. And then we were like, will it get as many like streams mm-hmm. or whatever because everyone's going to be listening to Christmas music and I was like oh shit like I didn't even think about that like <laughs> everyone, no one wants to hear an EP like around Christmas like it's all about <laughs> it's all about like, winter and stuff and Christmas um and my mum was like oh I'll release a Christmas single and I was like, like I haven't even released my own music yet but um <laughs> Yeah so then we decided to push it back to January and like I did just want it to sound perfect and I definitely think Mm -hmm. it's been worth the wait because it sounds like amazing now like the fact Mm -hmm. that we recorded it in Ben's bedroom the the producer of it like it doesn't sound like that at all so Mm. it's Mm really cool.
1: No it all sounds like really good quality. Did he produce the whole EP?
2: Yeah so it was like the um ready meal sound boys so it's and Alfie, Finn, um, and I wrote a lot of... One of the songs I wrote with him in session, Your Feelings, I wrote that um, mm-hmm. with Ben, or He Made the Beat. And then Colour Blind was with Alfie. Stick With Me was actually with um, this Australian producer. I wrote it, like, t- literally, like, a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um And then we, like, took it and then rearranged it. And Temple was also with them. So, yeah, it was all with them.
1: And how long have you been working on these songs before you've kind of brought them all together? And were were you working on them with a plan of having them as this EP? Because Mm -hmm. they do work together quite well.
2: They do work together, but it was never like, oh, I'm going to release an EP. To be honest, it was more just like, oh, I'm just writing songs for fun. Like, Mm -hmm. I never really... Obviously, I wanted to release them, but it was never like it was never like a structured like thing. Um, whereas now, coming now that they've come together, like they're all love songs, so mm-hmm. I guess they kind of work. Um, but I'd say that that's kind of like my genre, and that's what I like to speak about. Um, mm-hmm. So that's why they've kind of all come together quite well, I think.
4: Stop fighting your feelings You know I am dreaming Of something new Of something true This is the dilemma You try to be clever By keeping things loose Don't you know we're on the move to Feeling good
1: Should we get into the EP properly then now? Do you feel like there's kind of like an overarching theme apart from them all being love songs? Do you feel like there's something that brings them all together before we get into them track by track?
2: Um, I'd definitely say like when I describe it to people I'd say it's like a contemporary view on love because I feel like there's a lot of themes which like are new like the red flags and Mm colourblind and like... Um, fighting your feelings like I feel like there's a lot of um, these are a lot of like new things that people Mm -hmm. feel nowadays if that makes sense I feel like when we talk about them individually it'll make more sense but um,
3: yeah
2: yeah, they're all love songs but they're also all about like journeys of love and like putting yourself before other people that kind of theme Mm -hmm. so yeah
3: yeah
1: I kind of read I say read them English student I I kind of like interpreted them as all relating and it being kind of like one journey from one song to the next I mean that might just be my own interpretation I don't know if it was intended but I think they worked very well together um so it opens up with um your feelings Mm -hmm. do you want to tell us a little bit about that song you said was that the one you said you wrote a year ago or a few years ago
2: no this was um I wrote this last year, couldn't, I think it was, a I, I remember, it was like, it was right before lockdown,
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, and yeah, I was, I don't know how much to tell you, but I was, you know, seeing this guy, and then obviously lockdown happened, and I feel like it happened to a lot of people, like, if you're like, you know, it's confusing, like, what are you supposed to do, um, but it was also kind of like, um, yeah, stop fighting your feelings, like kind of going with your gut instead of using your head. And that's kind of why I feel like it's a contemporary play on love because nowadays, everyone is just, I feel like following their head more than just like Mm
3: -hmm. following
2: their feelings. Cause there's a lot of things going on now for us, like with degrees and like, Mm -hmm. you can't plan the future kind of thing. Um, and I feel like that stops a lot of relationships from happening. Or well, there's always, like, a reason, like, against that relationship. But the song's kind of about, like, like, sacking all of that off and, like, actually just going with high feel. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
2: it's quite liberating in that sense.
1: It kind of felt like kind of ignoring the external factors and yeah. trying to convince yourself to do something positive with the relationship.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. more, like, impulsive. Like, I want people to just kind of go with the flow
3: and yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You're kind of worried about like, oh, should I be telling you this bit? Like, are you worried that someone is going to hear this EP <laughs> <laughs> and be like, wait a minute.
2: <laughs> um, to be fair, I mean, they're all love songs. So it has to be based on something.
3: Yeah.
2: But mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> um, they're definitely they're not tailored to one person. It's more just, like, experience. And Mm -hmm. also seeing, like, my friends' experiences as well. Because there Mm -hmm. there were so many, like, of my uni friends who, like, had the same situation with lockdown and then, like, um, people going away and, like, being in separate places. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It wasn't mainly based on that, but, yeah.
1: But there is definitely, like, a a vulnerability in putting it into a song. Mm. Is that something that you were at all worried about when you were actually realizing that you were going to put it out
2: Uh, I don't think so because I have had that thought but Mm -hmm. then when when I think about other people's songs that I listen to I'm never like oh like what does that mean for them (laughs) like it's more just like you relate your your own experience to their experience and I feel like that's really nice about songwriting
0: Yeah, I don't think Erica Badu is like, oh, Common might get a bit mad that I wrote this (laughs) one. Yeah,
2: Yeah. and it should never be like, I would never put anyone else before the music. Like, if the music's working, like, no, you shouldn't take it personally. And also, I'm like so overdramatic in the way that I write. Like, it's very like lyrical and poetic. It's it's never like real life because it's kind of a blown
1: up version of that so Mm -hmm. um i will also say we have listened to the ep Mm -hmm. this is obviously the first song on there and instantly like i messaged jules and i said the first song is like a really good Mm -hmm. introduction to it sets up really well Mm -hmm. and might be my favorite song on there not that i should pick a favorite (laughs) but (laughs) like i i really like that as a tone setter for the rest of the ep Mm -hmm. yeah
0: And I would also add to that, I think the production on this song... I mean, the production on the whole EP is really good, but I feel like the production on this song in particular, I really, really enjoyed as well.
3: Thank you.
1: (laughs) So, should we move on to track two, which is Colourblind? You kind of mentioned before about how it's introducing kind of these slightly more modern concepts in a relationship with things like red flags... Um, which is all over this song. Um, Do you want to tell us a bit more information about the song, kind of how it works for you?
2: Yeah, it's kind of... um, Obviously, the whole red flag thing is, like, so current. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like a play on that, like... on the naivety of love sometimes, or Mm -hmm. when you, like... you have, like, rose-tinted glasses on, it's kind of playing on that, and all about... um, that's kind of the theme, like you think everything's going fine, but actually it's just, you perceive it like that because that's what you
4: want to feel. It was all about the first kiss, the way you held me. I thought you treated me right. It was all about the first time with you. I don't give it up that easy. Don't be prying for real. You knew how to sweet talk. I fell right under your spell. Too soon you opened up to me. Thought I had to do the same in return
2: and often it's not like that at all, um, so yeah, it's kind of like, you're colour blind,
3: <laughs> you, se-
2: you should have seen it before, but mm-hmm. you didn't, and there's a lot of growth that comes with that, and I think like, this, the second verse, kind of, um, it's like when you're more over it, and then you're looking mm-hmm. back at it, and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah it's kind of like how how you've learned from your experience which i think ev- every girl goes through at some point or and guides mm. to mm. um so yeah i think it definitely addresses that and also it's like a great i hope that a sad person can belt this out in the car and <laughs> and cry <laughs> bit and then feel and then feel better afterwards and be like yeah mm-hmm. it's fine
1: yeah. So. yeah it is it so much relates to that idea of like once the relationship's over, all the problems are just so obvious of what they were. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fact that they were just blind to it the whole time mm-hmm. and trying to try to trick themselves into enjoying it. Yeah.
2: Uh, and it's like people, sometimes you just, you don't read people in the right way or you, you think mm. it's something because that's what you want to see or that's what you want to feel. And actually, it's, mm-hmm. you just have read someone totally wrong. And that's not, like, their fault either. Like, everyone's going through their own shit. But, um, Yeah. I think it definitely mm-hmm. plays on that. Especially in the first verse, because it's, um, it's kind of like, um, like the nice, it's like touches on like the nice, lovey-dovey things about love and then, yeah. And then how you're mm-hmm. being misled the whole time.
0: Mm. One question I did have was, uh, so obviously you said before this, you kind of wrote these songs and then they kind of just like got put into the EP. There wasn't like a, it wasn't like you were writing the EP with one, story in mind if you know what I mean but um, yeah I meant to ask like, what, how did you decide on kind of the track listing because I feel like this song flows quite nicely from the song before because in the first song we are talking about like uh, the desire for reciprocating love and then in this song is like there were red flags and I didn't see them so mm-hmm. who when when did you kind of decide like how the EP would flow and which tracks would kind of follow which
2: I think i I didn't overthink it too much. I definitely thought about how they sound because your feelings and stick with me are more like, well, I say more upbeat, but, you know, as upbeat as it gets for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, and Colorblind and Temple are more like, I don't know, a bit like, not slower, but have mm. like more of like a slower movement. Um, mm-hmm. But then also, like, as you said, the message is, if you actually read into it, it's like mm-hmm. the first song is like desire like oh like come on let's do it and then the second song is like oh
3: like. <laughs> 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 <Same-out comment. laughs>
2: yeah. yeah and like and then I think that is such like a that's just how life goes and I, I really mm-hmm. like that because it's like the first one I think gives you a lot of hope and then the second one is like oh um, yeah. So, yeah. And then the third one is
4: like, oh, more hope.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of took it as, I mean, obviously we'll get into the other two after, but I kind of took it as like hopeful and like trying to see past the problems and then being like, oh, wait, no, there's actually so many problems. And then being mm. like, oh, actually, maybe we can get through these things. Mm. And then saying, uh, no, I think I should be on my own. <laughs> <And> <laughs>
3: yeah. It's, it's not right like to be with people a, anymore. That
2: is like a 20-year-old's... You know, love, <laughs> story of love, like that is how you experience yeah. love when you're young. So I think it, the EP definitely reflects that for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Definitely that like internal struggle of just not knowing what to do and not knowing which parts of yourself you should listen
2: yeah, to. Yeah, and which parts you should follow. Because I feel like in all of the songs there is, there's always like darker, that you darker like meanings or like words mm-hmm. that like you might not pick up on when you listen to it. But like if you actually listen to the lyrics, like some of them are like
1: mm. pretty deep. So, Stick with me. We've kind of just spoken a bit about it and it's about how kind of, well, like we said, it's a slightly more hopeful, but there's still recognition of, of trouble in the relationship. Like a, it's kind of seems quite one sided, I would say, and a bit like unrequited love mm. from my reading. What would you say about the song?
2: Yeah, I actually wrote it... This is the one that I wrote a while ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was... that. It was summer, I think, and I I was not seeing anyone, like, not speaking to anyone. And um, it was kind of like me speaking about, like, a naive version of love and very, like, hopeful, um, Mm -hmm. but also kind of, like... Toxic in a way, because like the song really like over romanticizes love. I would say, but like mm-hmm. not in a good way. Maybe <laughs> like if you actually listen to the words, like that's not how a relationship works. Like it's very yeah. like idealistic, um, mm-hmm. but kind of hopeful at the same time. Like, and that's kind of where I was at like at that time. So
4: stuck in the road, and it's all because of men. It might be best to start forgiving I know it's hard to break away from habits So I might just stick with you You're like a spell that's always over me I'm thinking out loud that it might be time to breathe But loneliness follows when you're not with me I just
1: stick with you. Mm. I want. I think it is this song, I'm not certain. But it picks back up on a theme that comes up earlier in the EP where it's like kind of always being there when you're called upon. And it's just like you're completely reliant on the other person to tell you when to do something Mm. and when to be part of the relationship Mm.
3: um
1: and I think that's very much part of the naivety of like not knowing how to take charge Mm. and not knowing how to be an active member of a two-part thing Mm. it's supposed like the relationship is just one side
2: yeah and I feel like that can happen like for a lot of girls and guys where you Mm -hmm. you're kind of like swept along and it kind of goes back to like the idealistic part and, and rose-tinted glasses, and you kind of believe mm-hmm. what you want to believe, and actually, it's not—it's not true.
1: Yeah, especially as like a like an early twenties relationship, like mm. so many, I'd, the idea of like casual sex and casual relationships, but mm. it's so often not the case that both sides are aware of what's going on,
2: mm. and no one can like, especially with. <laughs> Especially with, like, messaging and stuff, like, it's so hard to communicate nowadays, I would say, unless you're face-to-face, but even, like, on FaceTime, things can still get, what's the word, mis- what's the word? Yeah, that's the word. Misinterpreted. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, and I feel like with social media and stuff like that, everything is kind of, like, there's always, like, a wall-up, you actually never know what someone's saying. Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting, especially in the kind of modern age that we are, where you can like always talk to someone. Like you can always message someone. So you're never really that distant from them. So you can, but messaging, like you say, like it doesn't actually at all represent what you're doing. So the whole facade of being in a relationship over messenger and keeping that distance is something that's so easy to create, but also so easy to fall for, I would say. I don't know if that made
2: sense. No, I, I I feel like there is definitely... Texting in a relationship is, like, one of the most confusing things ever because everyone has, like, different, like, principles of texting, I feel. Like, some mm-hmm. people are, like, so good on their phones and reply instantly and then some people don't and then there's always that, like, constant, like, oh, why aren't they replying to me kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I forgot what we were really talking about. <laughs> Just going off on a rant about
0: texting. Like. It's indirecting someone that just hasn't replied to you today. <laughs> I feel
2: like it sounds so personal, but actually
0: it's just not. Um, one thing I would kind of add to that though is um, I feel like I don't want to like go on about coronavirus and lockdown like forever because we talk about it so much. But before lockdown, like in a relationship, I don't know, things would kind of change on a daily basis and like you'd be like oh so what did you do today oh did this blah blah whereas when everyone is doing kind of the same thing I feel like you mm. don't get that kind of uh, same kind of conversation that you would have otherwise so when you're talking about like yeah you don't kind of see we don't kind of feel the same connection when you're texting and I feel like lockdown and coronavirus in particular have kind of made that so much worse. yeah
2: definitely
1: yeah I completely agree with that like at the start of lockdown I mean, we both have partners that weren't with us at, at the start of lockdown. Mm-hmm. And, like, me and Ruby were FaceTiming each day and it would be like, oh, what did you get up to? And she was like, nothing. And I'd be like, "Yep, yeah, nothing. Cool. <laughs> and then we'd do it again the next day and we're like, why are we even bothering doing this? Like, yeah. it, it's worse almost to keep in contact in that situation because it's just going to become frustrating. Yeah. Um, not that I'm just cancelling myself. Yeah. <laughs> <though. laughs> <laughs> um, But it's an interesting thing to think about, about how communicating less puts a strain on a relationship and actually the constant communication also makes it worse. (music) Moving on to the last track, Temple. I kind of said earlier that it's a a lot about self-acceptance and kind of a bit more self-love and taking your own aspect of the relationship more. Is that something that you would say you were trying to achieve with the
3: song
2: yeah this song um i called it like temple freestyle because uh ben sent me this um track and i literally like i don't know i was feeling really emotional that day and i just like pressed record on my phone and literally just sung the whole thing at once like it was kind of nuts and then I was like I actually don't want to change anything about this because it's just like it's just like really raw and really real Mm -hmm. Um, and it's yeah it's very much about self acceptance and like realising that you have to put your own needs
4: before anyone else's my body is a temple don't between those lines Like I know you will My fortress Doesn't work well I can't Give you what you need What you want to pursue Can you still There's a lot of like
2: Mental health issues things going on in that song like it does touch upon things like that um Mm
3: -hmm.
2: and it says like um something about crying at night and can't phone you or something Mm -hmm. like that (laughs) should probably know that (laughs) (laughs) um and it's kind of like getting to that point where do you put the relationship before your own mental health or do you put your mental health first and is it toxic to need someone when you're in a dark place or is it better to be on your own and that the conclusion of that song is like it's better to be on your own like and I I do think that like if you're in a dark place it is obviously it's nice to have someone but it is better to like sort your own shit out and and figure yourself Mm -hmm. out so that's kind of what it's about
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and it definitely kind of where a lot of the songs you've said they're quite kind of naive in there depictions of love i would say this is definitely a more mature idea in the sense of accepting that parts of the desire of the relationship are not healthy and it's actually best just to focus on yourself and be on your own um which i don't think is something that you get that often in music
2: no Uh, it is it is a very vulnerable song and like the people i've shown it to are like whoa that's like a like it's hard at the end like when i showed it to my mom she was like you sure you want to release it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think it's. I, I. just think it's a really, really important message, like for, for girls and boys, like, mm-hmm. put yourself first, like treat yourself with respect, like if someone's not treating you with respect, like you don't need that, like.
1: Um, with this being a, a freestyle, in the sense that you did it all in one go. How long is your writing process normally, and like, is it something that you're working away at for a few days, and then is it annoying that you can just get a song so right straight away, and other times it's yeah. more difficult?
2: It really depends. So, for your feelings, um, that was like I wrote that with Ben, and like, literally, it just all came out. The whole song, just like in a session, I was just sat on my phone. The the beat was playing on loop in the background, and I literally just like wrote it. Um, which is, like, the best thing ever, like, it's, it's so cathartic, like, because you just, you just kind of are able to, like, release all your emotions at once, but um, colorblind, I think I had a session with Alfie on that, and just nothing came, and then the next day he sent me the beat, and I really struggled with it, it was definitely a process to get there, but then once I had it, I was like, oh, mm. this is good now, so I think, for me, it really depends. And I used to think that I wrote better when I was by myself, but now I'm getting more used to being in sessions with people and stuff. And sometimes, like, that pressure does really help to to write well. So it, it really depends on the mood I'm in yeah. that day, I guess.
0: And I guess if you're doing sessions with kind of the same people over and over again, I guess with some of these songs where they're particularly vulnerable and you're doing a session with someone for the first time, you'd be like, I don't know if I want to, like... Mm show myself that much like reveal myself so reveal so much of myself in front of someone I don't really know then I guess like as you get to know these people more and more probably becomes quite easier I don't know yeah
2: definitely because you you kind of realize as well that it's more about the music and I think you learn that like the more sessions that you do with different people it's like the producer doesn't really care what you're singing about like as long as it's catchy and it sounds good like um yeah, and with Ben, he never, he never really asked about it until mm. like a later on when we were like putting it in the EP and stuff. But, but when I write stuff, he's never like, "Why'd you write that?" Unless it's like mm. a really bad lyric,
3: <laughs> which
2: <laughs> which he's done to me before. I think I said like, "I'm yawning," and in one of my in one of the songs, not on the EP, obviously.
4: <laughs> and he was like, "I'm yawning, really?" And I was like,
1: "Yeah." <laughs> Um, and with the EP being Volume One, what are the plans for future releases? Is it going to be linked to future releases, or, or is it just going to be more of a similar style?
2: Um, so there is going to be a Volume Two, and mm-hmm. these are some of them were played on Nando's as well on the mm-hmm. live stream. Um, so that was songs that I wrote last year as well, um, and we just figured like if we split it up it would just be easier to like promote each one and then because it was quite difficult to put them into the eight eight songs into like split them apart Um, Mm -hmm. so a lot of thought went into that as well for me Um, so there is going to be a volume two um, Mm -hmm. but in between that we're going to try and do like a beat tape type thing because I'm definitely Mm -hmm. delving more into um, like hip-hop like lo-fi hip-hop type stuff mm-hmm. at the moment so i think there'll be like a few singles or a beat tape in between
0: all right so the ep's coming out february 19th looking forward to it um it sounds really good so for everyone listening to this i really recommend it make sure you go check it out um do you have any other recommendations of like people you might be listening to like songs that have come out the recently that you like anything like that
4: yeah um
2: i've got to shout out yusuf yellow because he's part of the ready meal gang
0: i've been lost for a minute where you gone summer nights feeling like the only one writing letters while i'm praying for some sun all these clouds are getting the heavy paper cuts all on my thumb the white walls in my room keep me locked in a lost kid trying to fix his life with a cross stitch gone with the fairies is what they used to say to him every time it happened little cuts of wounded razor thin.
2: yeah definitely listen to him um who else have I got to? berwin have you heard of him oh uh, yeah he the,
1: like an album ep thing last year
2: yeah yeah I like discovered that like a month ago and I've just like been rinsing his songs because he's He's sick, like, his, his music's really cool, so I really rate that.
1: To endorse him more, one person that recommended him to me said that it was Frank Ocean-esque, which I don't know if I agree with, but that's what they said. And someone else said samphire esque which I also don't really agree with. But still, high praise. Like <laughs> I, don't know, I don't
2: know who he reminds me of. I just love, like, the piano and his voice mm. is just amazing. Like, I, yeah. I really like it. Um, Obviously, Lil Sims. I really love mm-hmm. Lil Sims. She's really cool. Mm-hmm. She's so sick. Like, one of my newer songs, um, which hopefully we're going to release at some point, I gave rapping a go. But I don't know if you'd call it rapping. It's more like spoken <laughs> word. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, she, yeah, I, I really rate her. She's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Summer Walker as well.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I love her. Like, trap vibe i think it's really cool that's kind of what i'm delving into at the moment to be honest like more trappy Mm. like hip-hop stuff so
0: so have you been recording more tracks recently like whilst these ones have been kind of being prepared to be released as well
2: yeah like the i don't i guess i wrote most of these literally last year like march april and then because I was back at uni from September, like, back in Leeds. So I was having sessions with um, Ben quite a lot. Even though I probably weren't supposed to, but... <laughs> 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 Keep it low-key. <laughs> um,
1: Jules, what recommendations have you got this week?
0: Um, this week... Well, I think last Friday, Van Jess put out an EP. Um, mm-hmm. Van Jess, they're, like, two... I think twin sisters, or maybe just sisters. I don't know. Um who do like R&B and this kind of thing and I feel like I've spoken about them quite a lot in this podcast, but new EP, I need to remember the name of it actually. Um, Homegrown Homegrown by Van Jess. Lovely Popping EP, I really I really, really recommend it Yeah,
1: Joe said it was good as well Um, My recommendation is an EP from last year that I only just found called Dumb Days Days Like in a day's rather than like day and night um mm-hmm. by someone called Alana but it's A L A N N 8 H think it's just still pronounced Alana she's like um from Bangkok and Quebec I think she lives in Canada now and it's like kind of neo souly kind of poppy but like just really nice relaxed vibes um really mm-hmm. well written songs I would say like quite Good concepts that come across really well. It's just good vibe all round. Yeah,
0: that's what I got. Have to check it out. Please do, Jules. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, I think that's that's a wrap on this episode. Mm -hmm. Pixie, it was lovely to have you on and talk about the new EP
2: yeah thank you so much for having me guys that's
0: all right
1: I'm very much looking forward to the release and i hope it goes very well for you yeah
4: <laughs> yeah me
2: too
0: <laughs> i should also specify you're living in pixie world volume One. one oh yeah the i don't know if we said that <laughs> enough times yeah <laughs> um yeah. yeah so go check that out february 19th um it's really good I, we both recommend it
1: is it coming out on all platforms or spotify yeah okay yeah well, we don't need to specify Everything. that then. <laughs> Coming out everywhere. Everywhere.
0: <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Peace out.